Tom Campanero, actually the gentleman, he didn't invent the total gym. He basically invented how to, he and his wife, Joy, how to bring it into the, the non-commercial, into the home atmosphere. And um, Tom was selling it on air and the models were all gone. And I got it, got on it in the dressing room just to do some exercises. And they're like, let her be the model. And they don't, they have a policy at QVC. You can't just like be on air. You got to, you know, your waivers of liability and, and are you confusing the market with different products? I'm like, it's one o'clock. Everybody is sleeping or hopefully maybe having sex. I don't know. So I'm like, they're like, well, she works for the same company. We'll let her do it. And so they let me, they let me be the model on air and they heard me, they again saw me on it. And before I went on air, they gave me a mic again, again with the microphone. Um, because you can move and talk. I can move and talk. It's my one gift, which I'm sure my husband wishes I didn't have. But uh, but um, so I was I I was doing I sold the total gym. I started selling the total gym because you could put you and I had one in my home and I could rehab my knee and I loved this thing. And like you said, I was on air. And, you know, the beauty of live television is, you know, if you're lying on air, and I think I forgot to tie my hair back, okay, because you usually tie your hair back when you're on air. I forgot to tie my hair back, and it got caught in the, because, um, you know, the, the gym floats up and down. It glides right. up and down, and it got caught, and I'm, like, feeling little pieces, chunks of hair being pulled out. You just keep smiling, and you go on. And I think that's a great analogy to life. You know, chunks of hair are going to be pulled out and just, you keep smiling, you keep gliding, you keep going up and down. Hi, this is Sean Greeley and welcome to the Secrets to Their Fitness Business Success Podcast, where industry leaders share their secrets, strategies, and step-by-step -step systems to turn your fitness passion into a highly profitable business. Now, after you've listened to the show, Head on over to npefitness.com slash podcast to download the show notes and get access to our free e-course on how you can start and grow a profitable fitness business. You'll see how over 45,000 fitness entrepreneurs have created more profit, revenue, and happiness with their business and get instant access to our three most popular fitness business building guides. The training is 100% free and you can access it now at npefitness.com slash podcast. Now let's get on to the show. All right, coming to you from Los Angeles, this is the Secrets to Their Fitness Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Greeley, founder and CEO of NPE, and this is episode number seven of Whatever Happens, Smile and Keep Going, how Sarah Cooperman broke the glass ceiling and became one of the top female entrepreneurs in the fitness industry. I'm very excited to this interview with Sarah, founder of SCW Fitness Education. Uh, Sarah is one of the top female entrepreneurs and leaders in the industry. Like many, she's had a very unconventional journey to make fitness her full-time career. Uh, she started out as a former dancer, going to law school, and finding her passion and great income teaching aerobics three nights a week for five to ten bucks a head while in law school. Uh, fast forward a few years later, she's been a top on-air personality selling fitness products, including over one million in total gym sales, and then her 30 minutes at QBC. This is back pre-internet. Uh, yes, that total gym with Chuck Norris and Christy Brinkley and all that stuff. Uh, she started and grew a Midwest territory for Les Mills when they first launched in the USA. Uh, and for over 32 years now, she's run dozens of events around the USA every year for fitness coaches and instructors 
uh, truly does incredible work to advance fitness education in our industry today. You're going to learn a lot in this episode, so be sure to take notes and let's jump in. All right. Hello and welcome. Sean Greeley back for another interview with Sarah Cooperman. Sarah, excited to have you here today. Sarah, for those of you who don't know, is a JD. She's also the founder and CEO of SCW Mania Events. Uh, they've been doing events around the U.S. for over 32 years now. They also have a huge online division with certification, uh, CEC. She's in the National Fitness Hall of Fame. Uh, she's left an incredible mark on the fitness industry in her years of service and the work she's done. She's also a very, very powerful female entrepreneur. So Sarah, I'm excited to have you here today. I know we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, and during our prep for this interview, we have like four shows already baked out, but um, so excited you've got so much to share. So welcome, great to have you here. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Awesome. So you and I have been around the fitness industry for a long time, yet we've kind of re really only connected recently. Um, and as a, the more and more I, I continue to learn about your story and background history, it's just fascinating. And it's a story that I think everybody needs to hear that wants to be an entrepreneur in the fitness industry. I think you just like the fact that I'm a skier. <laughs> well, that, that too, that too. We're, we both have skiing in our background. Uh, right. We were talking about that as well. So um, tell us, let's just start with, with the beginning. Uh, tell us how you got into the fitness industry. I know you were at law school and, and you were a dancer and there's a bit of an interesting background here. So tell us uh, where it all began for you. Well, I think it, um, I think it actually started when I was really young. Like when I was two years old, it was like my first dance class and, and I, I just loved it. I think, you know, you find that place where you feel um, comfortable and at home. And it's the only time I felt kind of attractive and kind of whole. Yeah, you're two years old, you're this big. But um, I also was an athlete. So every single, every single race, every high jump, every long jump, every, you know, what is it, hop, skip and drop jump. 100 yard dash 400 the relays i won everything in elementary school in junior high school everything i had more trophies more ribbons it, it i was an athlete but i'm 60 years old now and you look back you know like you know 45 years ago 50 years ago where was a girl supposed to go with if she was an athlete? Like you play field hockey, that's what was available. And those girls are, are damn scary, okay? I was like, I'm not going into that field. Um, but I started dancing and I loved it. And um, when I, I kept dancing all the way through school and I was in high school and I was deciding, do I wanna be a dancer? Do, should I go to college? You know, what should I do? But my foot grew wrong. I had a huge bunion and, um, I, yeah, I was in toe shoes very young. And also I'm, I was, now I think I'm five, eight and a half or five, eight, but I was five, nine and a half. So I was very tall. You can't be a ballet dancer at five, nine and a half. Um, but I decided I got to get this foot operation and what am I going to do? So I, I ended up getting the foot operation. There was no physical therapy back then. <laughs> and again, 45 years ago, no physical therapy. So I swam in my friend David's pool and I'd rub my foot out in a hot tub, you know, just cause it was achy and that's physical therapy. That's like what you pay a lot of money for nowadays. Yeah. And my foot healed and I ended up going to college and I ended up dancing in college. And then, and I loved it, but I knew that I was gonna go to, um, I mean, I did try dancing with the dance company for a while 
that was an interesting education because I thought this is what I want to do. Decided I'm going to school part time, you know, fought with my mother, did what I wanted to do. And I got this solo and I'm performing and my head is just going, this is stupid. I hate this. I hate staring at myself in the mirror. These people are dumb. They eat hard boiled eggs and grapefruit and I'm in ketoacidosis, which I didn't know what it was then, but I stink like ammonia. And I smoked cigarettes because I was really cool. I had to say thin, whatever. And um, I gave that up. But the one thing that the dance troupe taught me was they you had to teach to kind of keep your position with the with the dance company. So um, I started teaching and I loved it. That's my home. That that's that's where my heart is. Started teaching so that when I went to law school and because um, I knew I wanted to be a professional. And when I go to law school, um, I started teaching what was a new thing called aerobics because I used to run. We all knew that from my childhood. I used to, I started jogging and I loved to dance. I thought, oh, I can teach this. This is easy. So I started teaching it at law school and I was in the basement of the English Lit Department, which was right next door to the law school. And one of my students was a professor who got me into a beautiful hall and I started teaching there. Um, I mean, with the stage and marble floors and this fireplace and I put up little flyers at $3 a class, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I had over 50 people a class. I was making $450 a week, at least cash, declaring all of it. <laughs> and <laughs> not, and, uh, um, and I just, I thought, I think something's, I think something's here. Something's, something's working here. So I decided that I was, I finished law school because you finish what you start. And I started a studio. I opened a studio and my boyfriend at the time, who's my husband now of 37 years, very supportive, you know, do this. If you believe in this, just do this. And, um, we started Sarah City Workout, SCW, Sarah City Workout used to be a studio. Lost all my money in the studio because I did everything wrong. And, but in one day my friend Doug Graham came to visit and we did a training workshop with him and trained other instructors how to teach. And um, I made more money in one day than I made in the whole month. And I sold my business the very next week and went into the trainings. And that, and there's my dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We both have puppies at home. So we, we, yeah. uh, we welcome them into the show. Awesome. Okay, great. So that's how we started, uh, you know, really into the fitness industry and, and SCW officially. But you have a couple other stories oh, okay. way there. Sorry. And Oh, no, you're fine. So welcome to the show, Buster. Great to have you here. Uh, so, yeah, there he is. Hey, buddy. <laughs> All right. So one of the one of the interesting facts I learned about you as we were doing some of the show prep was you have sold over a million dollars worth of fitness equipment in 32 minutes on QVC, which is the old home shopping network. And you have a background really in infomercials, which has taught you a lot about marketing and branding and selling. And, uh, you know, it's just an incredible story. I know it, it, it many of that, a lot of that began first with 
an infomercial request and kind of led into to your work with QVC, which is not around today what it was, but uh, was you know a huge channel for selling fitness equipment for many years and really the at-home fitness movement. So tell us about how you got into infomercials in QVC. Um, uh, Douglas Brooks, who was a good friend, he and his wife Candace used to pre have presented at our conferences, but Douglas really stayed on presenting at the conferences and he actually led our personal training certification and somehow he got approached by this company. He was doing an infomercial. Now, Douglas is from California, but he was coming to Chicago and he said, I'm looking for people to be in this infomercial. Will you come and audition? I'm like, no, you don't want me. I'm 37 years old. I've had three kids. I'm like, ew, you don't want me. But so I, I actually did flyers and put them up at the health clubs that I was teaching at, like the East Bank Club and the YMCA, all these like la-di-da, whatever. YMCA was not la-di-da. It was one of my favorite places in the universe to teach, but East Bank was. And a, a bunch of instructors were going to go. And he said, and I said, Douglas, I'm not going. And he said, no, no, please just come, just come meet me for lunch and see what you think, bring your fitness wear. And then he said to me, they're paying like, $800 for the day. And I'm like, okay, I'm there, you know, with three kids and I need to think about sending to college. I, I have four kids now. They're 28, 26, 24, and 22. But at that point, I only had three and they were very young. So um, I went out there and when I was there, I, I got on the piece of equipment. It was a glider, that Tony little glider, you know, the guy who screams with the ponytail. Yeah. And, um, and I really loved it. I loved it because like with an elliptical, there were, I don't even think they were ellipticals back then. I think it was just like the steer master thing that bothered my knees. And you know, I'm a skier. So I think I'd already had one knee surgery at that point. I was like, I love this glider because I don't have to bend my knees. I can if I want to, but I don't have to. And it works, you know, your hips and your glutes and your quads. And then if I lean forward, I'm using you know, I'm using my, my body to support myself. I'm, I'm using my back muscles. I'm using my abs. It's like a plank. And then I'm pulling back and I'm using my chest and abs and everything. Thank you, Buster. It's protecting all of us right now. Um, but um, I look at that and I love that piece of equipment. And they said, oh my God, she's really good. She can talk and move at the same time. So thank you. That's what I got from law school. Three years, pain and suffering, took the bar, passed the bar. I am, or I was a licensed attorney for over, I don't know, 20 years. But um, I don't do my CLEs, my continuing legal education anymore, because I'm never, never going to practice. Um, but, uh, but in doing that, um, I could talk and move. And they said, give her a microphone. And then I was on the infomercial. And then, I don't know, three, four, five months later, I got a phone call saying there's a different piece of equipment. Um, would you mind going on QVC? And they were like, again, it's like 800 bucks, 900, you know, a thousand, but whatever for the day. And I was like, I am so there. Like, baby, you know, nanny in place. I flew out. You're on air for. It was 12 minutes for what's called an IP, which is an introductory pro uh, product. You get 12 minutes. Typical airings were between four minutes and eight minutes, typically eight minutes. 
So you like you have to sell that equipment in that time period and get along with the host and not look like a moron and move and talk at the same time. And I loved it. And so I did that. And one of the biggest things I took away from that was um, people don't want to know the details about the product, like the handles or the way the leg pivots move or the that it's aluminum with this type of rubberized, you know, isoconnect. I don't know. What they want to know is what it will do for them, what it'll make them, how it will make them feel and what it will do for them. And I think that's one of the biggest branding lessons I ever got from QVC. And I did it for almost 12 years until I became the Les Mills agent um, for the Midwest territory. But I, I really enjoyed it. And it teaches you how to speak, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're measuring every second, right? They're measuring all the sales, all the units, the calls, the, the you know, unit volume, the revenue volume, all that stuff is crazy analytics, right? Because every, every second on air has to sell. So, you know, you obviously did phenomenal. It's why they kept having you back. I know you had a special one-hour show. That's where you sold your, your million dollars. Uh, and you were telling me about that was like, you know, nothing goes well, right? You're, you're getting your hair <laughs> stuck in the machine. You're smiling the whole time. I mean, tell us about that experience. Well... I was selling the glider, which I loved. And then um, I was re I had to rehab my knee at one point because again, I got that knee surgery. I think maybe it was my second knee surgery. No, I think it was still the first, my, my torn ACL, not the meniscus stuff. But I, um, so I had rehabbed on a total gym, like the therapeutic version, because it started in physical therapy. Yep. So then somebody brought on air a small portable unit for the total gym. I was like, oh my God. So in the dressing room, it was about, I was on at probably midnight and then this was going to be on at maybe 1230 or something. And the same company, Fitness Quest, repped the, uh, the glider and repped the total gym. So they already had somebody on and... Um, and it was Tom Campanero, actually, the gentleman. He didn't invent the Total Gym. He basically invented how to, he and his wife, Joy, how to bring it into the, the non-commercial, into the home atmosphere. And um, Tom was selling it on air, and the models were all gone. And I got, it, got on it in the dressing room just to do some exercises. And they're like, let her be the model. And they don't, they have a policy at QVC. You can't just like be on air. You got to, you know, your waiver's a liability. And, and are you confusing the market with different products? I'm like, it's one o'clock. Everybody is sleeping or hopefully maybe having sex. I don't know. So I'm like, they're like, well, she works for the same company. We'll let her do it. And so they let me, they let me be the model on air. And they heard me, they again saw me on it. And before I went on air, they gave me a mic again, again with the microphone. Um, because you can move and talk. I can move and talk. It's my one gift, which I'm sure my husband wishes I didn't have. <laughs> but uh, but um, so I was I I was doing I sold the total gym. I started selling the total gym because it could put you and I had one in my home and I could rehab my knee and I loved this thing. And like you said, I was on air. And, you know, the beauty of live television is, you know, 
if you're lying on air and I think I forgot to tie my hair back, okay? Because you usually tie your hair back when you're on air. I forgot to tie my hair back and it got caught in the, in, um, cause you know, the, the gym floats up and down. It glides right. up and down and it got caught. And I'm like feeling little pieces, chunks of hair being pulled out. You just keep smiling and you go on. And I think that's a great analogy to life. You know, chunks of hair are going to be pulled out and just, you keep smiling, you keep gliding, you keep going up and down. Well said. I, I think that's good advice for every entrepreneur always, right? Just, just smile and keep going. So well said. Thank you for, for sharing that. And then you got into Les Mills, which uh, for those who, you know, Les Mills is the brand when it comes to group backs and they have phenomenal programs. They're, they're the market leader by far. But uh, and today um, they own the rights. They've, they've, they own all the rights to the U.S. and they're, they're kind of focused on that themselves. But their early growth in the United States was a licensing model. They licensed out territories of which you actually had one of the, the toughest territories, the Midwest, yeah, right? We the, had the worst territory. Yeah, you had the worst territory and yet you made it, you know, a phenomenal one. So tell us about your journey with Les Mills. Well, it, um, and the funny thing is I still take body pump twice a week at, at the YMCA, the Mongol YMCA where I'm a member. And I love it. And I don't, the teachers kind of like don't know who I am. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. they do notice that my outfits match. Like I don't look like your typical YMCA person because I'm an instructor. I got, I get a discount at, you know, wherever I go. Yes. And I go buy activewear, right? Um, and, but they still have the SCW like barbells that we used to distribute. But I became the Les Mills agent. Um, I did a relaunch tour for Les Mills. And, uh, and Philip Mills was on the tour and I got to know him and he really liked the way we ran the tour. And he said, would you take on the Midwest territory? And the USA was divided. Like there was, you know, um, Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, Southeast, there was Midwest, South Central, and then California. Les Mills International kept California and the rest of the territory, they, they, got agents for because they felt like they needed a deeper penetration. They needed, rather than one company overseeing everything, they thought, you know, America's enormous. So they divided it. Well, we ended up getting the 12 Midwest states, three time zones. Okay. Thank you so much. We had all the way from Ohio, all the way up to North Dakota, over to Nebraska and, and down to Kansas. So we had East Coast, Midwest, and Mountain Time. I mean, it was enormous. And we're trying to explain our situation to a country that is like smaller than Indiana, all right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my gosh. And we've got one major city, which is Chicago, which is very Midwestern. And obviously I live in Wilmette, which is a suburb of Chicago. And we had the fewest number of licensees and the Midwest is called the rust belt when it comes to business, because we're, we're these, you know, like we eat cheese and we're, you know, we got to look you in the eye and that's the way we are in the Midwest. So it was, it was a really rough start. It's gritty. It's a gritty territory. You got to hustle, right? Yeah, it's a you, definition of hustle. But you can't hustle. You, you got to play it. You, you got to be honest. You got to shoot from the hip. Oh my goodness. I did group fitness management seminars. I did 
42 a year. I would go, you know, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, down to can, you know, to Kansas, um, Missouri, I, South Dakota, North Dakota. I went everywhere to meet the group fitness managers and the club owners and the directors and the instructors. And, and that's the way we grew the territory. And it was quite a challenge. And we did that for a decade. And we took our territory from about, we had 140 clubs to begin with that really were 120 because we had to cancel 20 off the bat. So they didn't, they like never paid. And we built it up to 680 clubs when we sold the agency back to Les Mills International. And I think about 580 of those clubs were active. We went from several hundred instructors, I think it was like 400 instructors, up to 3,500 instructors in the Midwest. And Les Mills was smart. They had our, the agencies you know, help seed the territory and they got accustomed to America and developed their systems and developed their their leaders, and then they bought the territories back. You know, financially, it was a great decision for them. Financially, it was a great decision for us. We love working with them. They've been sponsoring Manias for the past five years, so it's been a win-win all the way around, but it was quite a learning experience going into a company that, at that point, I think now they're in about 100 countries, but then they were in about 80 countries, and they were 48 agencies and I was the only female agent worldwide. And it was, it had its ups and downs and it was yeah. quite the education. It was great for me. So I know you, you have a, you do a lot of talks on being a female entrepreneur and being in a lot of rooms where you're the only woman in the room, right? And it's all, it's all guys. Uh, and talk about that. Talk about what that experience is like and how you've navigated, you know, these upper, echelons of management and leadership uh, with companies that have been male driven for so long. I'll give you a little example. All right. A really good friend of mine, Len Kravitz, and I know he won't mind if I do that. Well, he may mind, but he, no, he won't mind. He's Len. Yeah, he's like a friend. He stayed in our guest room when he got into the National Fitness Hall of Fame. He's an awesome dude. And he presents for us and he's doing our keynote presentation in Boston mania for us. And he's done keynotes for us all over the country. He's just an amazing educator, a PhD, and a wonderful fitness leader. Anyway, enough about Len, because here I am, I think I was in, uh, I was in Australia. And we at that point had seven conventions. And I was at the Phylex convention. They had um, one event we had seven. And I was also standing there with another gentleman from the UK who had one conference. And Len walks up and the three of us are talking, the UK dude, the Australia guy and me. And Len goes right up, right in there and says, um, this is amazing. I'm, I'm standing here with the two greatest convention leaders. And he didn't mean me. And I'm like, I run seven. Like, even if one of our shows was not as big, but Dallas Mania is definitely as big as, as let's say, Phylex and, and the, um, what was the other event's name? In the UK, it's, not, it's no longer. But um, the, Dallas is as big. But we ran seven. 
and and I looked at Len and I went, excuse me? And he went, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, that's what it's like. That's what it's like. And I, and I, and I also used to go into like the Lesmos meeting and my first meeting I ever went to, I wore these stupid little khaki capris and a little like, okay, again, I'm wearing like a little strappy, you know, top here and I probably should be wearing a suit. Um, but I walked in and people said, oh, are you a trainer? I'm like, no, I work with the Midwest agency. You know, you're kind of humble, whatever. And well, what do you do? Are you one of their, are you a trainer with them? Do you manage the instructors? Do you, yeah, I'm like, no, I, I work in the agency. And I finally said, I run the agency. And then finally, I just said, I own the agency. I have a uterus and I own the agency. And I thought, I will never go into one of those meetings again, wearing anything less than, than a suit, than a dress, than, I, you know what, you got to dress the part. And I'm sitting here in the wrong outfit today. But it, it is a holiday weekend. And it is. You and I are, we're both kind of in our, in our casual wear. I've got I the hat. I know, and you're just as psycho as me, Sean. Yeah, where we work. We're entrepreneurs. We work. There is no such thing as a holiday or a vacation. Um, but uh, it was a good education. That was a good education for me. That was a real learning for if you want to play with the big boys, you dress for the part you want. You don't dress for the part you have. Or yeah. even if you don't think you belong in that room, you get your butt into that room and you pretend. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think you own it, right? You get, I own it, right? I own it. You got to verbally declare who you are and your position. Don't be shy and don't be, you know, don't avoid it, right? I think yeah. uh, you need to be confident in declaring who you are and why you deserve to be there. Uh, and it makes it... It's a real challenge because um, if you own things and you are assertive in what you're doing and where you're going, for a woman, that's pretty unfeminine. And it's a real balance there. Like I've had meetings with the hotel where my wonderful registration manager, Claudio, was in the room. And he runs our registrations, okay? And I run the company. And still, the hotel... Um, sales director is not looking at me. He's just talking to somebody else. And it's difficult because if you want to get ahead to some extent, you have to play that game. But how much are you giving in when you play the game? And it's like, it's a, it's a real, it's a delicate balance. And it's, it's, um, I think I use for myself, I use a lot of humor to help get me through some situations. Um, and I realized that at some point I may have offend people because I am strong in the way we want that the quality we expect, um, the quality we provide people, you know, I, I can be tough with my staff as well. Um, but um, we're successful and it's, it's a, it's a balance. Yeah. Well, I think that applies to every entrepreneur, male or female. We've got to find that balance working with, with others and our team and outside the company and other vendors and partners and customers and clients and so on. But I, I'd love to just maybe just hone in a little bit on that right now, for, especially for the female entrepreneurs who are growing their confidence to, to, to declare. You know, I think a lot of times uh, 
a lot of men, and it's changing today, but in, certainly in, in the last few decades, right? Uh, you know, you, you broke a glass ceiling and you continue to do so in the work you've done that has now paved the way for others. But what advice would you give to female entrepreneurs who are, you know, really growing in their, their mindset, their confidence to go do things that they're inspired to do? Um, there's a couple things. One thing it's be authentic, be who you are. You know, I'm not saying like put on a costume and when I just said dress for the job you want, not just for the job you have, but be authentic with who you are and how you want to proceed. Um, and admit your mistakes. And I do that a lot with my team because if I don't admit my mistakes, then they don't admit their mistakes and move on. One of the biggest things we did was um, every time we did a project, we, and every time we do a conference as well, afterwards we do what's called learnings, which means basically, it's kind of embarrassing, but we point out our own mistakes and the mistakes of others. And when you're building a team, you want them to help each other. You want them to support each other. And frankly, you want them to hide stuff from you, get it all done so you don't have to worry about it as the CEO. Um, but you also want them to help each other and support each other and be able to reach out to move ahead quicker. But if they continue to hide things, then the weakest link is going to pull you down and pull you down and pull you down. So we do what's called learnings and they each are, when we first started it, nobody would share. And now it's like continually through the event, we've got to do this and why don't we try this and why don't we do this? And there's no blame. It's just, how do we get better? And um, I used to say when I had, when I started the Les Mills agency that uh, from the Midwest, that I did absolutely everything wrong the first year. And in looking back, you know, in retrospect, you know, that armchair quarterback, I frankly think we did everything right, meaning that we made every mistake we could possibly make, but we corrected it every step of the way. You learn from it. You learn from it. So I think my first thing is, is please embrace failure because you will fail. It'll be the little digs that kind of hurt the most, the little mistakes that oh, why didn't I think of that? Oh, why didn't I remember that? Why didn't we just do this one thing? You know what? Do the one thing. Just do it three months later. You know, it's like learn from your mistakes and don't be afraid to make those mistakes. Um, and then the other thing that I find that, and I don't know if it's just women or it's entrepreneurs in general, but because I, I end up working with a lot of um, younger uh, females is um, is get close to your numbers. Get like I, I don't think when I was in undergrad I didn't take one business course. When I started my business I didn't know what an accounts payable, accounts receivable. I still have to go. Okay, receive means oh the money they owe us. Payable this means oh the money I've got to pay them. You know, I went into my first meeting with Les Mills and we're sitting there and we're typing, I'm taking my notes because I'm very techie and, and, or I think I'm techie and they're like, ROI, ROI. And I'm like, what the heck is ROI? You know, I had to, I had to Google it and find out what does ROI stand for? Um, 
because I didn't even know. And I was just, you know, actually, no, there was no Google back then. I had to call, I think I called my husband and I said, because at least he was a lawyer as well, but he has a master's in tax. So he's like, Sarah, you know, it means, you know, return on investment, return on, oh, the money you put in, what money you're going to get out. Like I got to get a hundred percent markup. And he says, yes. I was like, okay, got this. Go back into the meeting but get close to your numbers. And the first time I ever started one of our conferences, I didn't, we, I didn't know what an Excel chart was to save my life. And I just did it through Word and I'd write up the numbers and man, you know, on my calculator, I would figure out where I was. Every refiguring, 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 you know? Um, and even if the world told me you're not good at math, you're not good at technology. You're a woman. You're not good. It's like, no, you can, you, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm in with my numbers. And I think even now when we run with a women's leadership summit at every single mania and we get between, let's say just 20 and 30 um, female entrepreneurs, directors, managers, CEOs, even personal trainers that are looking to manage their own business. At every single mania, which means we're reaching um, about 80 to 100 women every year that are, are, are in this leadership position or want to be in a leadership position. And over and over again, I hear even my presenters talking, and it's all about leadership and building a team and making people feel like they belong. And, and I sit there sometimes and I'm like, I got, I got you know, I'm lucky my husband makes a fabulous living, but younger, we had nothing. I married a pile of loans. We had nothing. I had kids to feed and a nanny to support and, and college to pay for and clothes and books. And there, I'm not working to fulfill an inner need. I got people that rely on me. I've got single moms that work for me, single dads that work for me, every ethnicity, every socioeconomic level. These people, like if, if I don't make money, I've got to let somebody go. I've got to cut everybody's salary back. I've had to fire people throughout the years. Yeah, because of poor performance, but also because we couldn't afford them. And nobody wants to do that. And there's no, it's not a sin to make a living. You've got a four month old, you've got a four month old. You better, Sean, you better step. That's why you're working on a holiday weekend. <laughs> we got responsibilities and there is nothing wrong with owning up to making a profit. So, and I think it not only in the fitness industry, we're in this caring, loving, supportive role. Okay. We're not bankers. Okay, we're not lawyers, we're not computer scientists. We're in this nurturing, I want you to feel we're wellness, we're health. You know, it's like, honey, you, you're paying rent, you got salaries, you better get off your butt and see what you're making and figure out how to make it work. And I know you want to change the world, and I know you want to cut your prices and make it and help everyone. But if you don't help yourself, you can't help those. Uh, others behind you. You got to put on that oxygen mask first before you can help those around you.
So that's something that I do try to impart. I try to impart um, making sure you're in tune with your bottom line and then also then making people accountable. I really believe in nightly reporting. I believe in weekly staff meetings. Um, I believe in knowing yourself. Like I, I can never lead a staff meeting because I will always be 10 minutes late. Thank God Mike DeVello is our operations director and does an amazing job to lead our staff meetings. You know, be able to apologize, make your mistakes, move the heck on, and try to get it behind you. So there. So, so much, so much, so much to say. I love it. Uh, those are all great stories and lessons for everybody. Uh, and I know we can go on and on about, about those, but I want to just pull in a couple, a couple things on, on particularly the work you're doing today. So tell us about, you know, what is, what's happening at SCW. Tell us about the current events. I know you've got uh, several events that are all continuing to grow now. Uh, and tell us more about that and how people can plug in. Well, we have eight conferences. We have um, our smallest event is Washington, D.C. It is a lovely Hyatt Regency by the Dulles Airport. Um, we have D.C. that's in February. I think it's like the 20th or 23rd, 25th, around there. Then in March, we're always in San Francisco. Um, in uh, May, we're in Orlando, Florida, brand new hotel. Love this hotel. We're in Orlando. And then we are always in Atlanta in July, like one of our biggest shows. We get like 1,200 people. Then we're in Dallas. We get about 1,400 people in August. Then we're in September. We're in Philadelphia. Again, this is a, a smaller event, but it's a beautiful venue right downtown Philadelphia. You can literally walk out of the hotel you can virtually see the rocky steps it's very inspiring and then um we're back in chicago in october um and then in early december we're in boston so we do these eight conferences around the country and we always have we have an online division i mean I, you know being a mom of four and also possibly being a mom and not living in one of these eight great states that we're in um, you can do our certifications online. We have video continuing education courses you can do online. And then when, if you can get yourself to a mania, you can get the live course free, which is awesome. And you get CECs from, from um, the Aquatic Exercise Association, American Council on Exercise, um, AFA, the Aerobics and Fitness Association of America, NASM, the National Association of Sports Medicine, ACSM, American College of Sports. So you can get your continuing education credits in your home. So we always say, we, we educate you in your, in your state, in your city, in your club, and in your home. And that's, that's our goal, is to provide education. I love it. Well, I know uh, we've had our team out to recently to the Dallas event, which was just a few weeks ago, and Sarah's campaigning me to come out to an event. I look forward to doing that soon. We're, we're going to coordinate that uh, in the months and uh, year ahead. So look forward to that. Um, and just as we wrap up here, you know, I want to just finish with. Uh, I know you typically spend a lot of time with um, new 
fitness, you know, independence, people who are maybe fitness is a hobby and they're considering going full time with fitness and as a career path and really starting their own business in fitness. Uh, and you know, that's a growing segment. Obviously that's what overlaps with our world around teaching business skills and systems and expertise and strategy to help people be successful. Um, and I'd love to hear your kind of your best advice for those that are looking to take fitness from a hobby to a, a business that really earns income and supports their family as you've done. Well, we did partner with Club Industry. That we love that company, and um, we do a Club Industry Business Summit at Every Mania, um, and uh, we have three tracks going on, which is we focus on media like social media and marketing. We focus on sales strategies. We focus on focus on retention and leadership. We have forty four sessions going on at the conference. That's where I want you present Sean because your webinar was just amazing people need the business strategies they need to figure out how to how to sell how to do retention um, how to deal with their numbers how to price their their services that they offer I think that's 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 what you guys do you do the and the NPE helping them learn because we are these amazing giving wellness health people and we love what we're doing and we're amazing what we do you know open yourself up and ask for help where where we need the help a lot is the business people i was fortunate enough to be able to pick up the phone and call my husband and say what the heck does roi mean and that's why be if i could leave you with anything is ask for help and don't be offended if let's say help is provided. I do a lot of work with the Women in Fitness Association. It's a, it's a new organization. They're only a year old. I'm sure I drive Morgan crazy. She's, uh, <clears throat> Lindsay's the executive director, <coughs> but Morgan does a lot of the stuff. And every time an email goes out, I'm like, La, 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 la. When you click through, la, 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 la. And I give a lot of advice. And she's open and welcoming. And find mentors, find companies that can help you. And don't be afraid to ask for that help and embrace that support. And I don't know. That's what I have to say this holiday weekend yeah, before I awesome. take my dog to the beach. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're, we're going to do the same in this, this household as well. So um, listen, where do people go to check you out? Where do you want to send them? Um, scwfit.com. Like Sarah City Workout, S is in Sarah, C is in City, W is in Workout, fit, F-I-T.com. And it's got all the information on, you can do forward slash mania, you could do forward slash club, you could do forward slash certifications, you could do forward slash CECs. And you could find out all this stuff, but just go to that website. It's a great landing page. You can reach out, you can find out even about our water in motion program, which is a choreographed water exercise program. The world is getting older and we need environments that they can work in that are creative and safe and, and provide um, a service to our community. It's a great program. So yeah, go to scwfit.com. 
I love it. And I'll second that, uh, Sarah, not only do they run a, a phenomenal event company, but they're a great media branding marketing company, just getting on their list. You're going to, you're going to learn a lot of lessons, just the way they market to you and the way they keep great information in front of you and share great value in the, in the things they send out. So I encourage everybody to go check it out. Uh, and Sarah, this has been a pleasure as always have a great rest of your weekend and, uh, look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much. And good luck with the baby. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. For those listening, we have a four month old and we are coming out of the trenches of uh, no sleep land into getting a little bit more recovery over here. So looking forward to it. Okay. All right. Thanks. Sarah. Have a great day. Take care. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the secrets to their fitness business success podcast with me, Sean Greeley. If you like the show, then head on over to npefitness.com slash podcast to download the show notes, subscribe, and enter to win over 25,000 in free prizes we're giving away to celebrate the launch of the show. Be well, and we'll see you in the next episode.